Good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, March 27th. Uh, Madman, could you tell I had my headphones turned up too high there I at the start? I can tell. <laughs> I jumped about a foot out of my chair. All right, I am your host, Randall. I've got my two companions here. Gentlemen. Hey, everyone. I'm the Madman over here. You're yep. supposed to give your name. Oh, I think they know my name is Thomas by now. Well, you know, we might have a first-time listener. Uh, Enos okay. is um, not here currently. I don't know if he's running late and just doesn't know how to use Textify or... Maybe aliens or aliens have kidnapped him. Well, crap! I was hoping aliens had kidnapped him so I could get his comic. So well, that would be great. We might have a new superhero origin story on our hand. Right, aliens have kidnapped. All right, sit down, plug in, get your act together, as they say. How are everyone's weekend? Good, bad? That's pretty good. Different. Yeah, good. Outstanding. Outstanding. Awesome. I really like. Excuse me. I really like that hat. I might need to take that. Hey, look, we match. Scarlet Spider, Spider Man. Look at that. I almost said Wonder Powers activate when we fist bumps there. <laughs> oh, but, uh, <laughs> right there, right there. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Uh, by the way, listeners, don't pick up the Wonder Twins comic. It sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, I'm glad you said that because right I was going to grab that sucker last week. Uh, I will give you issue my copy of issue one, and I dumped him with it back. So <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get to the quick newsworthy items from last week. Um, and again, listeners, I always want to make sure you guys understand this is not all the stuff that happened over the last week. This is just stuff that when I saw it made me go, huh, that's interesting or that's sad or that's depressing or what the hell are they thinking moments, okay? Um, but this one, I'm actually, uh, I was kind of excited until I heard what he's going to be writing. But Jonathan Hickman is coming back to Marvel. Okay. Jonathan Hickman, in case you guys don't know, did that wonderful Avengers arc, the um, Time Runs Out that led up to the Secret Wars uh, miniseries and then also did the Secret Wars. Um, where they kind of like revamped and rebooted their universe. While that itself was a good read, I don't kind of like the way it ended, the Time Runs Out thing in Avengers and New Avengers was fantastic. Um, if you haven't read that, go pick up the trades of that. You won't be disappointed. But he's actually coming back, and he's going to be writing two X titles, House of X and Power of X. So right there is a fail already. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. I just, I have not been a fan of the X-Men in, in quite a number of years, and so. I love me the X-Men, don't get me wrong, but they've always had a tendency to oversaturate the uh, the market with X titles. So. And, and that's kind of my feeling on this, is I'm like, why do you need more X titles? I mean, if you look at the Marvel previews, I think half their titles now are, are X-Men titles. I'm, I'm a firm believer when it comes to, to a book, whether it's Marvel, DC, whatever, that, that no character or team or anything like that needs more than two books. Yes, exactly. Um, but those are going to be coming out in July. All right. Now, Enos, I already told Tommy this, but you weren't here in the room yet. I have another news item. Uh-oh. And I, need, I, I know it's going to trigger you, so I need you to not get triggered and just and keep your lid on it, okay? So number one, Shazam made $3.3 million on its Saturday early release for um, Fandango. And then the early reviews have been really positive. Um, and they've actually paraphrased here that the movie is cited as an effortlessly, effortlessly entertaining blend of humor and heart, which is funny. I actually told a friend of mine, it says, this thing is a great mix of heroism and, and heart. And so... Didn't I uh, mention the same thing when... Uh, did I spiel about it when I wrote about it on Saturday? Yes. It's, so, uh, listeners, in case you can't tell, Thomas, Enos, and I had went to the advanced showing of uh, Shazam that Fandango did across the country, and we walked out of that theater, and I don't know about these two, but I was ready to turn around and go back in. Yeah, you're oh, gonna, oh, you, you folks are going to love it. You have the consensus on that one, yeah. because uh, 
I was more than ready to go back and see that again. Yeah. And I will be. You guys going uh, next Thursday? Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm going to go next Thursday. So next week, guys, we're going to be doing our, our first uh, of two parts, our uh, retrospective on Shazam, Captain Marvel, about the character and how he came to be and what have you. And then the following week will actually be the review of the movie. Yeah. Okay. But since we're on Captain Marvel, um, I'm going to want – is that the uh, – well, hang on. I'll come back to that. That's the collection of the New 52 series, right, from the back of uh, Justice League. It was a great read. Uh, but speaking of Captain Marvel's, the Carol Denver's version of it has passed – well, this is out of Monday, so it's probably even past that now – has passed $910 million, so it's right on its way to a billion dollars. Yep, it's going to be a billion-dollar movie. Uh, which, you know, hooray, I'm glad it's doing it. I, don't get me wrong. While I am not a fan of that movie, I am happy to see a a female centric hero, no doubt, go, go that far, just like yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman, you know, no so, doubt. So you know, kudos to that. I'm not a fan of the movie, but glad it's doing well. So I'm trying to take the ha- same tact as say Zachary Levi and Brie Larson and all the other actors in DC and Marvel movies who like I want to see their movie do good because it's good for me if it does because that means I get another one. Yeah, right, it. right. You know, it. You know, anytime That's a superhero it. movie does well it means more superhero movies. Right, so. exactly. More, more likely and Jodie Foster can now shut up. <laughs> what did Jodie Foster say? Jodie Foster um, made a comment last summer about how you know how it seems like there's an oversaturation of comic book movies and what have you. Uh, someone failed to tell Ms. Uh, Foster that um, something that I have been saying for the past 30 years. Comic books are cash cows if you market them right. Don't get mad because people don't want to see you go, hello, Clarice. Yeah. Okay, I thought now that, that was a great movie. So. Well, see, I, thought, oh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. but you don't you see where I'm going here? Yeah, and well, and let's be honest here. As long as comic book movies are are bringing in a billion dollars, we're gonna keep. Getting but it's always going to be around. See, I didn't know she had um, criticized it. I, oh yeah, I knew James Cameron was starting to come out and say stop with the comic book movies. And I felt like going, you're just sorry because you can't get your second Avatar off the floor. And yeah. not to mention that the, the, these these movies are making more money than his is. He right. thinks he has the lock on box office blockbusters. And sorry, Cameron, you don't. Just you know, All you got to do is tell him whether you like it or you don't like it. That's it. Right. Learn exactly. to love, love it because it. it's the best. Oh, my God. Today. Oh, my Woo! God. Not the Ric Flair quote. Yeah, no. You got, we, you got, you got to every once in a while. <laughs> I need to beat the wrestling out of you. That's not going to happen, buddy. It's ingrained as deep as the comic books. When you said, like it, I'm like, no, he isn't. And that's exactly what that's you right. Did. Sometimes right. you well, just got to go to Ric Flair. I'm, go- I'm going to give him that one wrestling quote. But uh-huh. Speaking so of anyway, quotes, I got a... Jody Foster's quotes, if you will. Oh, yeah, read them, Madman. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this, this is uh, when they're asking her about Marvel and DC movies. She says, going to the movies has become like a theme park. Studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and shareholders is like fracking. You get the best return right now, but you wreck the earth. Uh, in the final jab, she said, it's ruining the viewing habits of the American population and ultimately the rest of the world. Hey, Miss Foster, Isn't I have one word for you. Elysium. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, 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 oh! How about contact? Right, exactly. Uh, Elysium was okay, but midway through the story, it just falls apart. All right, so let's get back to our news, shall we? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this last weekend was C2E2. If you're not familiar with what C2E2 is, Ch- Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, hence the twos, get it? Mm-hmm. Um, but Marvel, uh, shocker here, has revealed plans for a mystery event for the end of 2019. Now, when I say mystery event, I don't mean like a whodunit Sherlock Holmes thing. I mean, they haven't told us what the story is of the event. 
Uh, but it's supposedly going to be falling right after War of the Realms and Hickman's House and Power of X and Absolute Carnage. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking that they're probably setting up. If you look at War of the Realms and the Xbooks and Carnage, is probably going to be, I don't know, maybe a Captain America, Thor-centric type of thing. Madman, I broke it again. Hold on, I'll be right. All right, so, the, so also, remember that really great miniseries Marvel did years ago, Marvels? Yes. yes. That was all yes, painted. Painted by Alex Ross. Right, and then they just did the Marvels annotated with like the, what was it, 25th anniversary, where they're uh, putting it back out with like whole notes or whatever. Yep. So mm -hmm. Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross have announced that they're going to be making one-shot follow-ups to Marvels. So I don't know if that means they're going to be doing a series of, of one-shots on the characters from Marvels or what have you, but... You know, I'm going to get myself one of those headphones that I can just put on my head, and that way it's, I don't have to touch a mic. This mic's better. Huh? This mic's better. Okay, yep. All right, so I'm actually looking forward to that. That might look like it would be pretty good. Another one that I'm actually kind of excited, excited about because I like this writer, Mark Wade is going to be doing a six-part history of the Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. So, well, that's all, uh, everything. He, he's like, he's got the King Midas touch, too. Everything he touches turns to gold, right. so nothing surprises me well, on that. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. You think the DC history is, is muddled, and it is, but Marvel is just oh, as bad. Yeah, oh, my so, God. So I'm wondering what events is he going to skip over, omit, or just you know rewrite or what have you. You know what was really great along those lines years back? Um, it was by Ed Brubaker, the Marvel's Project. Well, when, yeah. he, when he did the history of the, of the golden age of, of Marvel Comics. That was fantastic. Well, that again, that tied right back to, to Busick's and Ross's marvels, because it touches base um, with the appearance of Submariner and the Human Torch at the beginning yeah. of it, and goes through the Marvel history, which up, is awesome. Up through, I think, like the '80s. Yeah. So, another one too. This is actually kind of really cool. I, I want to see this one. So Scott Snyder, you know, writer for Batman, has announced that he's going to be um, doing a horror miniseries. Um, because he's always been a bit of a horror writer, but he's teaming up with artist uh, Francesco Francavilla. Mm. That's the guy that did the Zorro covers for Dynamite, wasn't and it? also did the Afterlife with Archie. Oh, cool! So that should be—I'm really looking forward to that. That should be a beautiful book because it's going to probably be a great story. It's going to have fantastic art as well. So, have you read Afterlife with Archie, Enos? No, I uh, remember. Uh, well, I, I read the, but that's a zombie book, right? Yes, but so it's coming. Do you still have it? I don't think you have it, Madman. I think I took it home and read it again. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think that'll that'll be showing up on the table for you next week. Because uh, I read the um, one where Archie got killed or uh, got shot. Uh, that might have been. That might have been actually been a different story. Right. Because the afterlife with Archie. You know, they still haven't finished that series. It was a, the first book that ends the way you remember, and then there's supposed to be the chapter after that, which I think still hasn't finished. So. Might need to send them a letter and tell them what the hell is going on. All right, you guys, read, see anything last week that made you go, hey, I want to talk about that? I can't think of anything. No, I can't read offhand. Um, I, I thought there was something, but whatever it was, it's gone. So it must not have been too important. If right. only they had some type of device where you could, like, put notes in, and then you could hit a button and it would save those notes. And then later on, you could pull it up and read off of it. I, I don't. I don't rely on notes. I have an incredible memory, as you can tell. Well, apparently and, um, not. Yeah, you know, well, I just rely on that. Well, one thing I have uh, noticed: if you, any of you who have the DC Universe app, you're in for a treat because you can now watch the 1970s Shazam TV series hmm. remastered, <laughs> and um, 
what what I'm what I the only thing that I'm upset about is why didn't you release this for on release and remastered on DVD like you did on the DC Universe because it would have been for my collection at least it would have had something better than what what they had when they released it because it's a lot better quality. Well. And, I- because I'm gonna say I think it is on DVD, but they just didn't remaster it. Yeah, right. Didn't, yeah, yeah. right. I, I, the, the, that's the question I was asking. How come you didn't? Or, is, or I hope they plan to re-release it, remastered on DVD, as um, compared to the quality that came up when it was released. After the movie has hit, made its money and left, and they've gotten all the mileage they can out of it on the streaming service. It'll get remastered and released on DVD. Watch. Okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed when they uh, re-released the Batman TV series on yeah. Blu-ray and re-updated everything. I yeah. got I got that. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Except, you know what? And I, I'm going to be honest, and I, I hate saying this. That series does not hold up. <laughs> oh, you're totally wrong on that. You're well, totally uh, wrong on that. Just I love like, it. I love it. I've been re-watching the Wonder Woman Linda Carter series. And don't get me wrong. I love me some Linda Carter. Let's all pause for a moment for silence to just marvel at the beauty of Linda Carter. But I'm telling you what, that first season does not hold up no, at all. <laughs> the, 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 actually, the series doesn't really take off until it comes comes until, to present day. Well, well, when CBS cancels it and ABC takes it over, it, right. gets, it gets really good. You can even tell it in the opening credits mm-hmm. on all the opening montage. It gets so much better when ABC gets it than when CBS gets right. it. Um, was it the other way around? Uh, I want to say... Hmm. Yes, I think it was. I think ABC had it, and then ABC CBS had it first, and CBS. Yeah, because it was on CBS in '79. Right. That's when I remember. But you know what? Season one did have the premiere of Deborah Winger. She was Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. Yep. So, all right. So that's our news. How, how about the new stuff that came out this week? So let's talk about it. Dark Horse Comics put out Bad Luck Chuck, and this is not the same as the Dane Cook movie. Because I know, I know everybody's going to hear that. I'm like the Dane Cook movie. You remember that? <laughs> so uh, apparently, the character is a girl named Charlene Chuck Manchester who has, you know, bad luck. She's cursed at birth, but decides to start using her bad luck to help others benefit from it. So I'm like, that sounds. Yep, sounds pretty interesting. So that came out today. Uh, DC Comics. Doll H for Hero, number one. Oh, boy. I didn't pick it up, even though I really loved that concept back when Adventure Comics was running it. And then uh, short-lived in the New 52, which was actually pretty good because it had a bit of a dark twist in New 52. But this is part of Brian Michael Bendis' Wonder Comics. And oh, yeah. re- really only one of those is worth reading, and that's Naomi. Naomi. So. Yeah, I, I've never been a big fan of Doll H for Hero, so that's probably going to be a skipper for me. It, it was a cool concept, especially back when... It was when, good during the 70s. Well, well, when they had it in Adventure Comics, yeah. and they had readers sending in submissions for right. it. Right. Because I know I spent now, see, many... that would be a, good. I know I spent many an hour with the pencil and the, and the typing paper trying to drop a hero. Trying to and, figure up different yeah, heroes and stuff. Uh, Detective Comics 1000 finally Ooh. came out today. You only heard about this freaking thing for like three months. Yeah. <laughs> was it three months? I thought it was about six or eight. They, but, they, yeah. they hyped this more than they did Action Comics 1000. So. Oh, and I'm glad you mentioned Detective Comics. If you missed out on the Detective Comics 80 Years of Batman, right. you can go to Barnes & Noble and pick yourself up a copy, I, which is what I did after I left here last Wednesday. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, good. Because I actually was going through mine, and I will sadly admit that I read like the first couple of Batman stories and right on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> because I wanted it primarily for um, some of the unseen stuff that was right. in it. Uh, but went on the show. Uh, Marvel, and I actually forgot to look for this today. 
not that I was going to pick it up, mind you, but I wanted to confirm it was out. Marvel Rising number one. Um, mm. I did not know this, but apparently um, there's a young adult um, cartoon, Marvel Rising. Uh, it looks like it primarily focuses like on um, Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen, Squirrel Girl, Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan one, right. and, and somebody else. So this is On a, Disney XD? Might be, yes. Um, and so this is going to be a Marvel Rising comic series. My only problem with this, ironically, is it's a miniseries. It's one of five. And I, my thoughts is, if you want to get younger readers back into buying comics, you need to make this an ongoing. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because all this does is get them interested and then pull the rug out from underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the all-new stuff that I had. By the way, uh, did you pick up the Firefly... Uh, no, oh, I crap. did not. What was the book? Now I can't remember. Bad um, Firefly Bad Company, Origin of Saffron. Saffron, no. It was actually okay. I'll let you borrow mine. Don't don't spend the money. Okay. I mean, my, my big problem is it has a beautiful cover, and then the art inside is okay, but it's not as fantastic as that cover was. So that seems to be a common complaint with some of this some of the stuff these days. Now I picked up um, last Friday before uh, my friend and I before she and I went to see Medea. I picked up, uh, got that cover of Shazam. I got Hawkman, and um, it was another one that I got that was, I can't think of what it was. I can't remember if I got Naomi or not, but I will be getting that. But um, guys, for around here in Fredericksburg, if you can't get to the other stores that we'll be venturing to, definitely go to Gateway. It's, 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 it's heaven for us comic fans, man. I'm telling you, I love going in there and getting good and getting stuff. I was really hoping today that he maybe possibly could have had the Art Germ Detective 1000s. And nope. Nope. Well, <laughs> those, they were smart. You had to order those. But like the Art Germ Supergirl cover variants and the Wonder Woman variants, right. you get those regularly. I buy the Wonder Woman one, and I'm not even reading that book. <laughs> so, mm. But I do buy the Supergirl ones, and I am reading that one. In fact, I turned Tommy onto that series now that uh, I think with issue 21 where they had to go off into space to yeah. track down the whole is the Rogel Czar thing destroying mm -hmm. Krypton true. And that's actually a really good series right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm tracking. I got some of them on back order here that will be showing up soon. I still need to get one more, and then I can get through up to current. And I also picked up the uh, collection of the first few issues of Superman by Brian Bendis and um, Ivan Rice and He's Joe Prado. Um, I which, know a lot of people were scared about that, but that's a good series. He's doing good. Well, you know, um, ben, ben, this is like my friend Brendan and I say, he's either going to hit it out the park or it's going to be a big miss. <laughs> Tommy and I say the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's either a walk-off grand slam or strike out, striking out looking. Striking out looking. Right. Standing there, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Although, and it's funny because I'm one of the few people that really loved Avengers Disassembled. I love that story, mm -hmm. but apparently all the Marvel done were pissed. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. A lot of people had a mad on for uh, as a result of that storyline. Huh? Didn't he get death threats as a result of that? I think line? so. Well, I think yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, he got yeah. rid of the Avengers. He revealed there was no such thing as chaos magic and Scarlet got rid of all the insane and. <laughs> yeah, because didn't he kill off Hawkeye during that? Oh and, yeah, and he was yeah. It set people off. Yo, he was like I said, I was one of the few people that enjoyed it, and then I went to the comic shop and started talking about it, and everybody's eyes glazed over. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll leave now. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was one of the things that I never got with that when I heard about him getting death threats for killing off Hawkeye. Like, you're all angry because he killed off Hawkeye. But when they put out a Hawkeye series, you, you don't, don't buy, buy it. it right? Nobody buys it. Same. I was just about to say the, same, the exact same thing. That I love Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the coolest. Put his series out and you just see it sitting on the shelf. Gambit's another one. Everyone all wants Gambit, loves Gambit, loves Gambit. But look at all the failed series he has. Well, it's yeah. just like, just like uh, Mockingbird. Everybody loves Mockingbird, but they don't buy it when she's out. Right. So, so I don't get it. Same thing with uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Love Spider Woman. Oh, yes. Book won't sell. And, and, and you know what? She's like the Rodney Dangerfield of uh, female superheroes. Right. She gets no respect at all, and she's great. Did you, uh, I don't know if you read New Avengers, because you reminded me about this. When Spider-Woman and Spider-Man are both the new Avengers, and they're sitting there when they're talking about her name, and she goes, well, I don't understand what the problem is. You told me I could use the name. And he goes, yeah, back when, it was, back when you first started, but there's like a dozen of you now. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys ever played the video game Marvel um, Ultimate Alliance. She was a character in that. Yeah. And absolutely amazing, the one that I use more than any of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely amazing. I actually recently reread that series, and, uh, and again, it's one of those things like, Wow, I remember this being better when I read it. All right, so before we get to our main topic, I'm going to let Madman pay the bills. Absolutely. Can I use my, can I use my announcer voice? Absolutely. Use your announcer voice. Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Check them out at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. They are located at 10657 Spotsylvania Avenue. We have a five-mile delivery radius. You can reach them at 540-898-5008. They are open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. On Fridays and Saturdays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Sundays, they're open from noon to 8. Every day is buy one, get one free pizzas at Danny's Pizza and Subs. Check them out at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. <coughs> I hurt my throat. Yeah, who was that guy on uh, laughing that used to read the announcements and do the whole Gary Owens? Gary Owens, I, I, I aka always, Space Ghost I expect, himself. I expect to see a Gary. Gary Owens wasn't Space Ghost. Yes, he was. I thought that was um. Oh, who was it? Uh, not George Newbern. Madman's going to Google that. There was someone else that used to do Space Ghost. Maybe it, he took. Oh, you know what? Gary Owens. Gary Owens did the original Space Ghost. Original. I'm thinking of the guy who did the Space Ghost on so Coast to Coast. Coast. When he had George Lowe is George, George Lowe for the talk show. All and right. Andy Merrill. Yeah, I used to love it when, like, <laughs> there was this one Space Ghost cartoon. They had Jan and Jace, like always. <laughs> he comes up with his photon. Release your prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be there. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, okay, because I didn't realize it was the same guy from Laughing until I got older. Oh, yeah. Because I watched Laughing religiously when I was a kid. Well, you and I were probably about, you know, this yeah. high, and we didn't get a lot of the humor. I, oh, my God. But boy, did I get it when I got in the Air oh, Force yeah. and watched Nick at Night. And you watched it later, and you're thinking, oh, my God, they well, need to show this on TV. Man. No wonder they got showed late at night. Mm -hmm. All right, so our main topic tonight, we're doing another one of those retro discussions. And this time, we are going to discuss the Spider-Man clone saga. Um, yeah. So, actually, I'm going to start this one off because I went back further than the original clone saga. And did you know that this entire debacle all starts as a result of the death of Gwen Stacy? Yes. Yep. Yes. So I got Wikipedia up, yeah. You all suck the high hard one. Okay. <laughs> well, you said do your research. Yeah. Well, yeah, everybody did. So, yeah, I actually did not know that because yeah. the whole reason we get the Jackal um, in Spider-Man 149 is Gary Conway wanted to have an out to bring back Gwen Stacy if need be. 
Um, and this is how he was going to do it. Uh, so the clone shows up. You find out that the jackal was actually their professor of biology, Dr. Miles Dr. Warren. Miles Warren. And I didn't know that. I mean, I knew Miles Warren was the jackal, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that his whole thing was that he was uh, in love with Gwen Stacy. Right, yeah. he was in love with Gwen. So uh, One of the original perverts in comics. <laughs> wow, okay. So, yes. So he cr- he clones um, Gwen and, and Peter Parker and uh, inadvertently finds out that, oh, look at this, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. What a co-inky-dink. Didn't that work out well? Very convenient. Yep. So what's up happening is they go ahead, they, they have their classic battle. Um, the two Spider-Men, the, the original and the clone, for the longest time don't know who's who. They're both convinced they're the original Spider-Man. And this was a nice touch, by the way. I read this. The way Peter Parker, the original, figures out he is the, the, the actual true co- uh, copy and not the clone is because he's in love with Mary Jane Watson, which the clone... Was, only was cloned from the memories of Gwen Stacy and the whole Mary Jane Watson thing that happened after Gwen's death. Right. Right. Which also shows you how quickly he rebounds because Gwen dies in 121 and by 149 he's uh, moved on. Yep. <laughs> so, not very faithful there. But anyway, <laughs> that's over a year? She's dead. 20 some issues, that's over a year. Well, well, if you think about it, at the end of the, the second half of the storyline where Gwen um, is killed or dies, Mary Jane Watson shows up at the very end, and he just lambasts her, and you think she leaves, and it was one of the most poignant uh, scenes ever where she leaves, but she shuts the door because Peter's got his head down crying. Right, he thinks she's right. gone, and she's still there still, with him. Right. So that's how you knew something. Oh, is that something. the one where she stands outside the door crying secretly so he doesn't see her, but she's like, I'm still going to stand here for you? I, I can't remember. I, I No, I, I think what it was is like, she was going to, I believe it was like, she had the door open to leave, but then she shut the door and like, Oh, she stays in the room. And yeah. she stays in the room with him, but he doesn't know she's there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. I do remember that. So anyway, the way that story originally ends in 149 is the famous, one of the clones or one of the Peters drops down a smokestack and we don't know who it is. Right. We are to assume it was the clone. Um, and I think Gary Conway has even said down the road, by all means, it was a clone because I didn't ever expect Marvel to pick this up and run with it again. Right. right. He says that it was, uh, you know, was it intended to be, am, 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 you know, the ambiguity where it wasn't intended to be there because he's like, there's no way they'd replace Spider-Man with a clone. Right. Right. And then they did. But what's funny is in Spider-Man 149, because Jackal does clone both. Um, were you playing fuzzy over here? No, nope, you were. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just felt something moving around my feet, and I realized it was Thomas's foot. So, <laughs> so at the end stance. of Spider-Man 149, because Jackal has cloned both Peter and Gwen, the Gwen clone actually just walks off to, to go find a new life. And I thought, wow, that's a big end to just dangle out there and not resolve. Um, especially since Conway has even said, oh, yeah, we weren't going to pick this back up. It was a one-and-done type of story. Actually, it was probably multiple parts. It probably mm-hmm. started in 148, but 149 was where it came to a head. Yeah, I, th- I believe so. But what was funny is I, I found out in, in looking into this that she does come back later, and you find out from the high evolutionary, remember him, who's tied directly to the Spider-Woman origin, ironically, right. that no, Warren actually didn't clone Gwen Stacy, that he had taken a woman and had basically brainwashed her and did constructive surgery to make her think she was Gwen, and she was actually a woman named like jo- Joyce Delaney. Yep. So she wasn't actually a clone of Gwen, so... Didn't that get retconned, though? 
Well, da 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 da. That's what's going to happen in the Clone Saga that happens in the nineties. Ah, okay, okay. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. You, you are jumping ahead, uh, because during this storyline, this is also when we meet Carrion, who is supposed to be the clone of Jackal. So, which is funny. I always really liked Carrion. I thought that was a cool villain. I liked the look of him. I got introduced to him into Peter pa- during the. Uh, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man Yes, that's series. where I first saw him. But yep. he shows up after the Spider-Man 149 story with Jackal and cloning in them. Right. So th- that, as a, as a standalone story, was fantastic. And then the 90s came, and DC had success with the death of Superman and Batman Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Night Quest, whatever. Night, yeah, Nightfall. That's when he got his back broken. Yeah. So, yeah. And so and Azrael took over. And, and so then Marvel's like, there. wow, we need to do something big like that with one of our guys. Let's use Spider-Man. What do we do? Let's bring the clone back. Started off great. Yep. And then I was going to say, it's a good concept. Yeah, and, and, and then, then it, it went, went off straight to hell. You guys can take over from there. Enos, I'll let you start. Okay. Well, as Randy said, right on the heels of the success of the death of the Doomsday death Death of Funeral for a Friend, World Without Superman, and Return of Superman storylines, and the Nightfall nights uh, Nightfall storylines. Marvel decided that they were going to try to do something and follow through and do the same thing. So, who else? Their most popular character would bring back you, Spider Man, but bring back the um, Clone Saga. And it was a nice little build up towards it, and there was um. We were, last week we were talking about unsung artists. Some of the artwork was done by Tom Lau, who a lot of you, if you, everyone is familiar with the Tim Drake Robin, this is the guy who put him on the map. Yes, Neil Adams designed the costume, and yes, Norm Brayfogle did the art that actually introduced him for the first time in costume, but the subsequent miniseries that followed after that to really build the character up, Tom Lau was the guy that did the artwork along with Chuck Dixon who did the art. Now, some of, there were some things that used to give me the spooks when I was reading Spider-Man during that time because you knew something big was going to build up. One of, the, one of the issues that stood out to me was when the clone solidly beat Venom. And it's like, you know, with the um, Spider-Man's biggest weakness, he couldn't use the, the spider sense wouldn't work whenever the um whenever Venom would show up. Um the clone, Ben who will later be ultimately named Ben Riley, he beat Venom and beat Venom solidly. And Dale, and you saw this strange evolution with Spider-Man where he would spin a web and nest himself in the web. And the way that J.M. DeMattis would write it, it was like, I am the spider. I'm the spider this. I'm the spider that. So you kind of got this feeling that something major was going to happen with Spider-Man. You didn't know if it was going to be an identity crisis, if it was going to be he's going to get new powers. But you knew the way they wrote it that something was going to happen. And come to find out, it was, but not in the way that we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because quite arguably, the clones, the Spider-Man, the Clone Saga, is probably one of the more controversial storylines in the history of Marvel Comics. No doubt. And it's, it starts out with you know five years having passed since the battle with the, the clone and the regular Spider-Man. When Ben Riley shows back up, he's been living uh, out of his own existence as the, and returned to New York. 
Um, like you said, you know, the chaotic events with Peter was following, and both were both were pl apparently plagued by the ja a resurrected Jackal and Kane, who was an unsuccessful first clone. So that just screams great right there. Well, not no. to mention, too, they also tried to throw in those other two villains, Judas Traveler and, and Scryer. Yeah. Right. And that, that just muddied the waters more. Right. And, you know, from the, from the sounds of things, you know, Judas Traveler was kind of way out of place as far as the Spider, the Spider-Man villains and everything like that. You know, he was trying to ascertain the true source of evil. And you know, I was like, what? Yeah, because it, if if anything, I think guys, you will agree with me on this. The Spider-Man clone saga, if anything, it created more it created more questions than gave answers. Right, and it went on too long. This thing went on and, for and it, over two years. Yeah, and, and and like and when you and it kept you wanting wanting to see more, but at the same time, you would go what? Right, exactly. Well, well, plus two, and the thing that really just kind of threw the whole thing in, into turmoil. Was you had Jackal, who had made this clone, and then Carrion comes back, and now we got Kane, and, and we got because Jackal comes back in this as well, right? Yes. Yes. And and so you find out after all this that Ben Riley he lived, he's been coming back to reclaim his past, and he after he runs the test, he finds out that you know I'm sorry, Peter, you're the clone. The last twenty years of your life has been a lie, right? Kind of thing, right? So, ironically, I was actually okay with that at first. Um, even though I did say to myself, so you're going to just tell all the readers that the last 20 years of Spider-Man history is a lie because yeah. we've been reading about a clone and not actual Spider-Man. Because comics. Right. Um, but so then they did the whole thing where Peter and Mary Jane are going to get out of the, the life. He even loses his powers for a brief right. moment. So I can't remember what the hell that was all about. They go off and now Ben Riley is going to become the real Spider-Man. That's when I said, no, 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 no. I'm okay if you want to tell me the last 20 years was a clone as long as I keep that clone as Spider-Man. Right. Because that's who I know. And then to even screw this up further, when they do the second arc, you find out that, oh, no, the high evolutionary was lying. You really are clones. And Green Goblin has been manipulating this all along, who was supposed to be dead. Yeah. Oh, so that's when, when old Norman Osborn came right. back. Right. Yeah, that's when they brought Norman Osborn back. And everybody was like, for what? Yeah, I mean he's a great villain. Oh, he's a great wrong. villain, but I mean, they, yeah. th this definitely was a storyline where he was not needed here. He, if anything, he just he just created like, oh god, it's him again. He's he he just won't leave Spider Man alone. We had the opportunity to get something new, and you wind up getting okay. It's Norman Osborn again tormenting him. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I think I would be fine with. Uh, I think their motivation behind making Ben Riley the real Spider-Man and starting over may have been just for that purpose, you know, to start over. You know, you'd had all these years and years and years of Spider-Man and everything, and someone was like, well, let's just begin again. Let's bring in a new guy, say this is actually really supposed to be Spider-Man, and let's start all over. Well, see, no, it's it, that's just like mixing companies here. That's just like saying... Bruce Wayne's going to retire, and someone else is going to be Batman. I don't care if it's Dick Grayson who has earned the mantle. Bruce Wayne's Batman. Exactly. Um, not exactly. saying it was. I'm not saying it was a good idea. I'm just saying I think right. that was the idea. And I think, and like I said, while I was okay with uh, you're the clone, I'm like, okay, that's going to take some getting used to. But I think m the majority of readers were were ticked when the whole plan was, well, we're going to cut Amazing Spider-Man. We're going to give you the series now called Scarlet Spider, 
and he's going to be the main Spider-Man guy. And we're just like, oh, no, you're not. No. You're going to fix this mess with what you're going to do because I'm going to quit buying the book. That's exactly what I did. And right. when these when these, uh, when these stories started coming out, I, I specifically stopped buying Spider-Man books. And I kind of focused on collecting, like, Sleepwalker and Darkhawk and those kinds of things. And the other great titles. Yeah, and right. other great titles like that. Other great titles of the day. <laughs> because uh, I, thought fired. Sto- <laughs> I thought this story was horrible. And it's stories like this that were do- being, being told in main, main titles like Spider-Man that made me turn to these B characters. Right. So I didn't like it. The whole reason I had to yell out, you're fired, is because when you, you can't mentioned... fire me. Not, not you, this one. Because when you said Sleepwalker and Darkhawk, Thomas said, and other great titles of the day, and sit here and gave me the same challenge and look he's doing now. Like, go ahead, do it. Darkhawk is great. Darkhawk is great. Is it really? Yes, it is. Darkhawk. I never he's, read it. Is he... he is Darkhawk. It's cool. Come on. I like Sleepwalker, too. You know what we're going to have to do, right? We're going to have to go get like four copies of, of Dark Hawk number one uh-huh. and all of us read it so that we can tell them that whatever drugs they've been taken mm-hmm. is not good enough to, to, to make that book actually. We're going to find it. Go get it. Hey, it's soaring in price. Soaring. <laughs> <laughs> if you let comic book collectors tell it, yeah, collecting tell right, it. Because yeah. he's, he's Dark Hawk. Come on. All our listeners are out going to buy. Uh, right, they're out buying them all up right. right now. I up those Dark Hawks. <laughs> Well, I already told you my plan for X-Men number one. I'm going to buy every copy I can, get a 9.910 of all of them, and then bonfire the rest of them things and make that book valuable. Oh, yeah. You know, what was it? That was actually a news story. What is, there's, uh, oh, the, the, the Maximum Carnage or the Absolute Carnage thing coming out. It's going to be, mm-hmm. they were making a joke about how it's going to, you know, this is a running joke that they have at Marvel about, uh, yeah, it's going to outsell X-Men, you know, Jim Lee's X-Men number one. And then I actually saw the numbers on it. It was over 8 million copies for that stupid thing. Good luck. I want, think about this. 8 million copies. Where are they all at? I, uh, all all right. over the place. They're in dollar bins everywhere, my man. So yeah. if you, and, and I'll tell you listeners how many go up in a second. If you own any copy of X-Men number one from back then, raise your hand. Not one. Really? What the frack is wrong with you three? All three of them have... I don't throw you, things away. As you see, I have five fingers holding, holding up. You that have all how five. many copies of X-Men number one I own. <laughs> I got the one that had the uh, fold-out cover. I didn't buy yeah, all Yeah, that was number other. five. Yeah. I bought them all because you never knew which one was going to yeah. be worth money. Well, right? I will freely admit, I was a sucker and I bought all five copies. But those things went the land, you know, into the land of limbo years ago. I see no reason to get rid of them. It honestly wasn't a bad story, and you know, the art was pretty. So. You know, uh, ten years later they were worth five dollars, and I paid what a dollar seventy-five or something. <laughs> are they worth that much? I, I don't thought think they were worth five. Bucks. I don't think they worth that much because <laughs> there were so many of them. <laughs> if you remember, Randy, at that one little con we went to at the at the Wingate, they, they were raffling one off for price. free, and I refused to sign up for it. So. I was like, why? I already wow. The con was so small. I'm not kidding you. It would fit in the studio here. Hey, but and, you know what? They had some good and, stuff and there. And it was at the Wingate on Route 17 there, right behind uh, that gas station. Um, <laughs> and, and they kept they announced all day. I know our, exactly what. <laughs> they kept announcing all day, enter our free raffle and win a copy of X-Men 1. And Tommy and I looked at each other like, wow, <laughs> why would you want it? 
I could buy it for a quarter. Heck yeah. <laughs> if it was the uncanny X-Men number one, I would have been like, let's go and come back right. repeatedly yeah. so we can right. put more entries in there. Exactly. But I, I will say about it, it was a little little tiny one, but I did get my first appearance of Apocalypse there. So and I see, now happy. he's done set me up for a great story. So we're at the con, and he sees X-Factor, was it 11 and 12? Uh, I believe those are the numbers. The, the, I can't the first appearance of Apocalypse. And he's looking like, man, I'd really like those X-Factors. First, first Apocalypse. They look really good. And he kept looking at Manny Cook, looking at him. And he says, I'll be back. And he pulls his phone out and he disappears. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I keep on looking. About 10 minutes later, he comes back in. And I just looked at him and like, did a wife say you could have him? <laughs> he's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to this X-Men clone, so- X-Men clone saga. X-Men. Ooh, Spider-Man now there's a story X-Men we need. Clone. X-Men clone saga. Spider-Man clone saga. So we were talking about the climax and what happened with it. Um, so the Green Goblin ends up being the second part of it. Like, by the way, he says, I've been manipulating this. You know, High Evolutionary was wrong. Jocko actually did have cloning. The problem is, I think at the end of the second arc, and I can't remember who the doctor, uh, the scientist was in this, but maybe it was Kane or, and I can't remember, but there was another scientist who actually reruns a test and says, the first results were wrong. Peter, you are original. Ben, you're the clone. Right. Okay. Because they retcon it. They, they, they back right out of it. Yeah, they almost as soon as it began. Well, no, two years later. Two years later, yeah, they, they bring it back <laughs> because people were pissed. Well, and it took them two years to do that. Yeah. But here's the irony of it. Notice that they said, well, maybe they'll grow to love it, and they gave us Scarlet Spider first and to see if it would catch fire, and of course it didn't. Right. Well, you'd think, too, that you'd realize after a few months this isn't catching fire. Maybe we should do something. I don't know. And well, not let it go on for two years. Right. Well, again... Um, and this goes back to the whole information. I think you got it there on the wiki. They didn't intend for it to go this long. No, it wasn't supposed to go this long. And, and in fact, when you read an information, at sometimes it sounds like the writers didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, it seems like the... Like the editors knew where they wanted to go, had a plan, but they weren't sharing it with the people who were writing the story. Well, I well and there, was, <laughs> there was a lot of creative team changes, too, yeah. throughout this as well. A lot, of, a lot of different writers coming and going, and uh, um, every time they thought they'd had an idea, they'd put, it out, put out the idea... Trying to it's like if we get if we get this going, then we can close out the, the thing, and then it'd be met with like a resistance from the fans. It was like this is horrible. This is like well, we can't end it this way. Right, right. So, and I think it's really funny. You guys got the article there too, and I never really thought about this when I read the thing originally, until I you know did this research for t- tonight's show, and uh, I was reading this about the uh, the writer Tom Brevert, Brevert, whatever his mm-hmm. name is. Um, he said one of the big criticisms that he had with it was that the Green Goblin was alive and pulling all the strings. He goes, okay, fine, Green Goblin was alive, but by saying that, there were so many other stories that if Norman's been alive this whole time, that could have ended differently or never even happened. Right. If he's if he's been manipulating Peter's life that in-depth, then a lot of the stories that we told over the years are now changed because Harry's around. Or Norman's around. Right. Yeah. Well, that's was Harry alive when they... Really Harry was. Norman was supposedly dead. Right. So did what was the revelation on how he survived? Because if I remember, he got com- impaled by that goblin glider. He, he, um, if I remember correctly, because I remember seeing the scars on his chest from that, uh-huh. somehow he miraculously survived. I think I want to say it was Miles Warren who saved him. Huh. Probably. So but maybe I, he is a clone as yeah, well. Yeah, because remember, 
Norman's gone for ages because Harry ends up becoming a new Green Goblin, and then you had Ned Leeds who becomes Hobgoblin, right? Uh, and then and you find out the whole reason he became Hobgoblin was because he found Norman's old or Norman's old stash. So and then we get another Hobgoblin after him. You had already set that that you know Norman Osborn is dead, dead, dead. We got all these other villains. But yet, oh, look, he's alive, and he's been manipulating Peter's life all these years to the point of he's even made Peter think he's a clone. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think that's what bothered me about the whole series and how, like, all of a sudden they're just, you know, you get different versions of Green Goblin. You know, you, uh, you had Spider-Man, you had Scarlet Spider, you had, you know, just doing the same character over and over right. again. And then you got, you know, you got Green Goblin, you got Green Goblin 2, you got a... You got, uh, Hobgoblin, what even the Demo Goblin came along. Or oh whatever. right, I forgot about Demo yeah, Goblin. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The former Jack O' Lantern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I Hobgoblin was one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. I like Ned Leeds. But how Norman Osborn comes came back back to life. The Goblin formula gave him a healing factor. So while he was in the morgue, while everyone thinking he's dead, the Goblin formula went to work. A la Wolverine. A la Wolverine, nothing. They stole that from Superman, Death of Superman. Yeah. yeah. Because what do you find out about how Superman came back? His body was a giant solar capacitor, yeah. and even as he was being buried, his body was healing itself, which is why Kellogg's and all the robots snatched the body out of there. That's it. I can kind of accept the healing factor thing, I guess. I, mean, as far I, as I, I could, too, I but... It. Well, here's the thing. If you wanted to do that... It needed to be done years before the story. You, it's almost like, well, let's see. Um, Carrion didn't work. Um, the Jackal didn't work. Um, hmm. Scryer and, and Judas Trotter didn't work. We, we need a villain. Let's bring back Green Goblin. You mean Harry? No, Norman. And, and it always feels like it was shoehorned in. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Norman Osborn's return would be, need to be bigger than, well, this. <laughs> right, because it's not even like, it's not even like there was an issue of finally... The man who's been pulling the strings all along, you, you know, it needed some type of big, the classic Marvel house ads. Remember those mm -hmm. things where they would always tell you, whatever you do, don't flip to the last page or don't tell your friends the ending? Right. And it was none of that. It was just, oh, by the way, hi, it's me, Norman Greenbaum, and I've been doing all this. And you're just like, Hello. wow, really? I'm Norman Osborn, and I'm Th not that's how That's how you're going to reveal that everything has been a sham up to this point is it was Green Goblin? No fanfare, no red carpet, no, you know, cackling laugh coming out the closet. I need some pomp and circumstance here. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and like, or the big reveal. Like, who has been the mastermind dun, behind dun, the clones? Dun, 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 dun. Then you, Norman Finally, Osborn, at last. it can't be you. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, but it is, Peter. Oh, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> right. So, we, need, we need some 60s, 70s hours yeah. uh, era dramatic stuff here. So I'm going to throw this out there. Um, even though that story was really bad, it's kind of a good read to go back and just for nostalgia sake, says, "Wow, you guys really screwed this up," mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and see what the potential could have been. Because I would actually love to have an, uh, a sit down with one of the the writers from that book and say, "What were you guys actually looking to do that editorial screwed up on you?" Um, but back through whole Spider-Man and clone stories, if you haven't read this. I know you have the Marvel app, so you can go snag it, and you mm -hmm. can probably get the trade, and you can probably find a trade too, Madman. Pick up from 2016, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. That was actually a really good story. Yeah, I heard that they were supposed to be revamping it and, and doing it the way it was supposed to be done. No, that was The Clone Saga. There's actually a five-issue limited series called The Clone Saga, mm -hmm. and they actually took what was supposed to have gone on 
and they'd done it in that miniseries. Okay. And so was it was to... like, this is what we were trying to do before editorial came in and, and shot us in the foot. The Dead No More, the clone conspiracy, actually is ties into the modern Spider-Man story. Mm -hmm. And it's the same type of thing. You have all these clones, and you've also got Gwen Stacy's back alive in it as well. And, and so is uh, Captain Stacy, if I remember correctly. Okay. But this is actually a really good story. Um, I had my doubts about it. Um, it started in the regular pages of Spider-Man, and then they did like a five-issue miniseries. But it was really good. Okay, okay. So we'll check that out. Yeah, same thing for you guys. After two, I'm listeners. Not, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get this. Well, I'm not going to read this. I mean, if you really, I mean, if you're interested, I have them at home. You know me; I, I don't it's have any right. problem dropping things on your desk. It's okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll drop a book on his desk, and he looks at me like, "Really?" I'm like, "You are going to read that?" <laughs> well, we are actually running under the gun because I guess the story was that bad that yeah. we didn't take anything away from it that really struck with us. So we got about ten minutes to kill. What you guys want to talk about? More clones, more clones, more, more clones. clones. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to, you know, I, I think that, you know, had they kept it the way it was meant to be and just went with for, I think it was, it was supposed to last like three months, six months, something like that. Well, I think they, I think they truly wanted to do like uh, the Batman Night Quest and, and the Superman Death thing. They wanted to go several months. The problem was several months stretched out to 24. Right, and I think if they had kept it short, sweet, to the point, you know, issue one, Ben Riley shows back up. You know, issue two, they they meet. Issue three, they f we find out that Ben is the real Spider-Man. Well, you know, and by issue six, we find out no, that's really not the case. You know, someone else was manipulating you, and we move on. I think it could have been a much better story. Well, actually, and I just since you were saying that, it just reminded me of something. Just like Superman back in the nineties, Spider-Man had four monthly titles going on, which is too many. Well. Even the, for Spider-Man. Here's, here's the difference, though. With the Superman titles, they had a Superman summit every year where the editors of all the Superman titles and all the writers and the artists flew down to Florida for like a weekend and spent the weekend hashing out what are we going to do over the next year, which is how the whole death storyline right. came up because they got tired of thinking stuff every year. The and Super someone summit. said, why don't we just kill them? And the whole room laughed, except for the main editor who said, okay, then what? And they're like, are we being serious? He's like, yes, and then what? The problem is they weren't doing the same with Spider-Man. So right. the writers of all four <clears throat> books weren't communicating with their editors and the editors of the little books and the other writers, which is why it fell off the track so quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you think about it, when you have a, a person, you know, a title like Spider-Man or Superman or, you know, X-Men that have multiple titles, there really is no reason for you not be doing doing that, you know. All those titles should be connected. They, right. They, you know, because the same character. I mean, there's no reason that they shouldn't be connected and you shouldn't be planning things out, okay, for the next six months, this is what we're going to do in Amazing. This is what we're going to do in Spectacular. This is what we're going to do in Web of. Right. Uh, you know. And you were speaking about Superman earlier. If you want to, if you are a fan of the death of the Superman, death of Superman storyline, you have Lois and Clark to thank for it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's because be they couldn't marry them in the be book. Because the whole purpose of Superman losing his powers was to make Lois Lane fall in. The, there was a three tier plan. It was to make Lo Lois fall in love with Clark. Mm -hmm. Then he he reveals himself to her, and then they get married. Well. Deborah Joy Levine had other plans. 
She had created Lois and Clark, and the whole purpose of that show was to deal with their courtship and it culminate with right. them getting married. Right. So they was like they had, according to Louise Simonson and Mike Carlin, and if you want to see this, um, pick up the god awful first Superman Doomsday movie. Oh yeah. Um, on the special features, they um, talk about this in, in, grave de- in, in great detail. But long story short, Jerry Ordway, who is another unsung artist that we should have talked about last week when it comes to Superman, All-Star Squadron, and all others. For the record, I want to stop you there. For the record, Jerry Ordway was on my list. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if, if we hadn't been going off so much about Bill Finger. Oh, yeah. Thomas Lennon. Who was I on somebody's list? Yeah. I was going to get to Jerry Ordway. <laughs> Great. And, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, you talk about Mr. Ordway. <laughs> yes, indeed. That was a great series right there. Power of Shazam. Power of Shazam. I, would, I really want that series. Um, Jerry Ordway would always say, just in jest, let's kill him. And everybody goes, man, shut up. Right. And they're going on. But then after they found out they had gotten all their stories ready, and then they got word that, guys, you can't do it, that Lois and Clark is coming, it's going to do everything that you want to do so we can't have that conflict. And they're sitting around, what are we going to do? Right. Then Jerry Ordway says again, why don't we kill him? And, and, that's, and, and that's, that's how it that's happened. exactly because that joke was made every year. Every year. Let's kill him. And then finally the one year, and I forget who the main editor was. Mike Carlin. Mike Carlin didn't laugh. Yeah. And he says, what's next? Yeah. And that's when they finally went, oh, so we're being serious now. And he said soon that that conversation of let's kill him ended up being a big whiteboard of, of a year's stories played yeah. out. And and the whole purpose of that storyline was be, was to show Superman's importance, ladies and gentlemen. I understand that some of you don't like Superman. You have the right to like any comic book character that you want, but I need you to understand something. If it was not for the creation of Superman, we would have never had the age of superheroes in comics. Right? We wouldn't have had a great tale like the Clone it, Saga. <laughs> the Clone Saga. And right. see, and yeah. you would have not have had. The creation of Batman, Wonder Woman, the Justice Society, the um, Spider-Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, what have you. Yes, you can you can have your whatever you feel about Superman, but give him props. He laid his creation ushered in the superheroes that you love. Well, remember too, without Superman, you probably don't get original content in comics exactly. because they were still doing reprints. Now, National was already doing some some new stuff like more fun comics and, and new fun right, comics right. and they are experimenting with it. But Superman was the first time where they said, okay, let's see if a new character can carry a book. Exactly. Now, he shared it obviously with other people in the book um, like the Slam Bradley and, uh, and Detective. He mm-hmm. also shared it with other characters. But that's because they had 64 pages back then. Yeah. 64 pages for a dime. I would love that if I was a kid. That'd be amazing. But... That was that was really the first time that a company said, "Let's take a chance and see if an original character can carry a title." Exactly. And you know, they found out with Action Comics one that you know, with the first appearance of Zatara, that you know they could. You know, because yeah. That's such a such a pivotal turning point there when right. Zatara made his first appearance. Yeah, but his daughter's always been better. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's been a little more famous there. Exactly. It's kind of like you know, in in, in the uh, Brave of the Bold, where they introduced the greatest villain ever, Star of the Conqueror, and. You know, it just so happened to be the first appearance of the Justice League as well. Right. Yep. So, actually, it's been a pretty good one. We are going to have to do another episode on the unsung uh, writers and artists because I know there's a whole 
plethora of them out there that we never touched because, let's be honest, we could have devoted more than an hour to it. We probably, exactly. could, probably could have done like a whole month's worth of show of people that revolutionized, it did great things in the comic industry, and people just don't know they were doing that. We could probably do an hour on Bill Finger alone. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. he... Uh, I mean, we barely scratched the surface when we talked about him. Well, remember, oh, well. he co-created the Alan Scott Green Lantern, which well, I, did, I right. never knew that. Right, yeah. I mean, we barely scratched the surface on Bill Finger exactly. in a little bit of time we talked to him. So but we, hey, you can do we, do have ha- we do have other things out there for you comic book fans. Our, our boy Enos here has got two Facebook pages, Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and the realm of... Superheroes, su- comics, and pop culture. There you go. Superheroes, comics, and pop culture. Our boy Madman over here has his show, Shock Monkey Radio, Tuesday nights at 6 on FXBG Public Radio. Yes, sir. What? Also, um, we have a new store uh, up for... Yes. Um, on Teespring, teespring.com slash store slash madman lowercase. Um, I got a bunch of Shock Monkey shirts, but l- most of the products there are just uh, straight up FXBG public radio gear if you want. It's like T-shirts, mugs, and so forth. Uh, go check it out. Yep, because everything you buy there goes to the entire station, not just any one show. So, um, And then uh, we also have, again, Lost in a Long Box on Facebook. We have our Gmail, lostinalongbox at gmail.com. Thomas hit him with the Twitter. Lost... Um, Oh my goodness! I drew Lost in the long B one. Lost wow. in the long B one. That's wrong? I'm the one that set that up, and I couldn't exactly. even remember. Good night. <laughs> so, I must be getting old. Apparently, getting. I'm, I'm, I'm getting up to be uh be your age there, Randy. Yeah, you got to get here. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> fired me and threatened to kill me. <laughs> so anyway, until next time, we're going to be down here wondering if you're the jack when you have cloning technology, why waste it on your adversary? Why aren't you cloning supermodels? Right. Why, Thomas? Because we're lost in the long box. <laughs> yes, we are. Good night, guys. Good night, everyone.